0: Hi, this is Nancy Earle, and welcome to High Road to Humanity. And guess who's here? Kelly Sullivan Walden is here, and welcome back to High Road to Humanity, Kelly.
1: I'm so happy to be back.
0: I'm and happy you're back, Kevin.
1: Thank so you for glad. having me. Yes, I'm really glad you're
0: here. She's so gorgeous.
1: Oh, my gosh. I feel like I just have to keep writing new books so you'll keep having me back. Oh, yeah, I will. (laughs) Maybe Nancy will have me. I saw her on TikTok, (laughs) you guys. I was doing my angel readings, and
0: I'm scrolling through TikTok, and they say you're not supposed to be on there, but now it's like there's so many people that follow me for my angel readings. I don't want to give it up. You know what I mean? And then I saw Kelly, which was like totally divine intervention, and she's got this new book, A Crisis is a Terrible Thing to Waste. The Art of Transforming the Tragic into Magic. It's very cool. I love the cover. Thank
1: this you. This is like so
0: you. This is no so Photoshop. You. So required. if you guys are yeah, if you guys are listening to the podcast, you're gonna have to check out this book cover because it's really cool. All
1: that is real mud. in my yeah, hands. got a little mud all on over my, my face. <laughs> oh. on, my, on my pretty white dress. <laughs> Was this your idea to do this? it was it came to me in a dream it was what i saw was mud puddle there had to be mud and i wanted there to be the flashing lights of an ambulance and i thought maybe i can get a fireman too and i did get a fireman for <laughs> <laughs> and then as i was walking out the door i'm like my teapot i've got to bring my teapot oh my and- gosh <laughs> I was on the fence between should yeah. I wear the white dress or the pink one. I'm There's so her. glad I wore the white one. I'm glad you wore the white one too. It looks good. I really like it. Well,
0: if you guys don't know, I turned my mic down. Hopefully, I'm not too loud here. That I'm, um- Kelly Sullivan Walden is an international bestselling author of 10 books. Wow, I can't believe it. 10 books. An award-winning dream expert. She's an interfaith minister. Oh, I'm a minister too now. Oh, we're ministers together. I love this. Yeah. I didn't know you were. A certified Let's go marry people. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> a certified clinical hypnotherapist. She's a practitioner of religious science, an inspirational speaker, and a workshop facilitator. She's also known as Dr. Dream. Her unique approach to dream therapy has led her to become a trusted advisor, coach, and consultant. Okay. So she's enriched the lives of thousands of individuals across the globe from from Fortune 500 executives. To c- celebrities, easy for me to say, to stay at home moms, <laughs> her career in dream therapy has led her to create a podcast. She has the Kelly Sullivan Walden show on mind, body, spirit, FM, as well as uh, she's found dream work practitioner training is an online program that she offers to people. She's got a really long bio. You guys, can you out. can stop right
1: there. Right yeah, there. I'm, like, okay. no, I'm
0: just teasing. Um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no problem. Uh, so her website is kelly com. I love it. You know, I saw the cover of the book and I'm like, what is this book going to be about? And I know how interesting you are. She's like a dream expert. And if you guys haven't seen any of the shows she's been on with me, you can go to the binge TV networks and all the shows are there. And she, um, is a dream expert. And so we've always had her on for her dream cards and her dream books, but then I saw this one and, um, I guess i want to ask you is when did you begin to recognize that these events that were happening in your life were actually blessings were actually magic because that's Mm. what this is
1: Mm -hmm. some of the stories took a while i mean it's there's um i i quote in the introduction that um there's an there was an article written years ago in time magazine that said it takes three to nine years typically on average to recover from a debilitating loss and so often most of us myself included without doing something radical there would it would take years to be able to say oh that was the blessing or maybe that's why that happened and okay maybe there is a divine plan after all but i started to i started to as i you know we're on a path of of transformation and healing and and yeah. we don't want to linger in the sadness who's got 3 to 5 years to just like just be in the mud of of despair we could if we wanted to but i started to some of the stories took a little longer some of the stories were a little quicker but the moment i would ogle them and in whatever way i did um and ogle is the method that i use throughout the book to show how i transform the tragic into magic um i i noticed immediate relief and sometimes I would have to ogle several times and journal like repetitively but often after just ogling once I would feel that like the pop of I mean this is gross but like the pop of the pimple
0: release (laughs) no I I get
1: it you're releasing that energy you know what makes me
0: think of it is the story well let's start off with actually I'm going to back I'm going to Great. I, I had this whole idea of what story <laughs> I was going to ask her to do first, but let's do the shake it off story first. Oh my God. Because this is a perfect example of what you're talking about. So I've picked out a few stories guys out of the book and there's a lot of them. They're really good. So if you would start with that one, and this is about a monk, a Franciscan monk and, you know, tell the story,
1: shake it off. Oh my God. It's so funny. I've done, I've been doing a ton of interviews and no one's asked me about this story yet. So you're, this is the first time. Oh, how funny. They're all my favorite stories, but this one is very, 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 very special to me, partly because I still have the scar and you can Oh, where the dog got it right there. I I can't give it away. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to, oh, okay. All right. Oh, it's it's a bite. It's an indentation. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) <laughs> okay i'm not gonna give the story away so you tell the okay. story all right all so, right okay so i'm and this I'm is from in, new mexico let me back up i'm sorry
0: each yeah. story in the book i gotta say this because this is really cool and i checked this out this was neat so each story she's like in southern california or she's in Northern California or she's <laughs> in New Mexico. So, this is a New Mexico story. So, you were in New Mexico.
1: Yeah. Okay. I was in New Mexico, the land of enchantment. Yes. And my husband and I lived there before. So, we have a lot. We have a, a beautiful community of people there. And we were visiting our friend Ginny, and we used to live on her property in a yurt on a bed of quartz crystal. It was incredible. It was Garden of the Goddess, is the name of it. You can look that up. It's people, you can go stay there and do a Mm -hmm. retreat there. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. So we were going back to visit and I was in the morning doing what I typically do. I go for a morning jog and I was revisiting the trails I used to jog on when I lived there. And I was having one of those those sound of music moments, like the hills are alive, <laughs> the sound of music. Like it was just the most beautiful, crisp day, bright sun crackling through the rocks and just the sounds of of all the little critters starting to crawl. And it was just yeah. magical. Yeah. I'm jogging and all of a sudden I hear a sound and I turn around and it's this awful barking. It's like two Cujo dogs jumping up on a fence, like the hounds from hell, ah, like a total attack mode. And then I noticed they're behind a fence. So I'm like, Oh, thank God. Right. And then I realize, Oh no, one of them is trying to get out from underneath the fence. The fence didn't go all the way to the ground. So I'm jogging and next thing i know i have two bull mastiffs and if you don't know what a bull mastiff is they're two of the biggest dogs there are they're they're super sized dogs they're the kind that like junkyard dogs like they're (laughs) they're scary they're not they're dogs that would scare away anybody big and they're both on me with like i mean they're both cujo's if you didn't see the movie cujo Don't watch it. It's horrible, but it's about rabid dogs. I don't know that they had rabies. I'm sure they didn't have rabies, but they were awful and they were on me barking. And one of them takes a hold of my arm and starts thrashing it back and forth. And I'm obviously I'm in I'm in trauma. I'm in shock, but I pop out of my body and I see and I and I get this sense that there's like this sort of voice that tells me you're going to like you're you're going to live and these dogs are just protecting so it was kind of like this little reassuring like this is okay you're gonna you're gonna live but meanwhile back in my body i'm like ah, i don't care i'm free. so i'm yelling and screaming and freaking out mm-hmm. and this so the the owner of the dogs comes comes running out oh my and he literally calls off the dogs get he get he wrangles the dogs back in and they're finally he's got them and their tails between their legs and they're like oh sorry daddy like they (laughs) they move past the the guy and he yells out to me are you okay and i start to knee-jerk respond by saying yeah like it's just like a normal reaction to say the people pleaser in me would just, even if I'm covered in blood, I would say, yeah, 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 I'm fine. Don't <laughs> worry about me. I'll be good. But but before I could get the words out, another little thought bubble appeared above my head and it happened so quickly, but this is what happened. It was this Franciscan monk that I had met a few years before in Arizona mm-hmm. and he at a workshop and basically he was... He would had been the right hand monk of Mother Teresa. He'd traveled throughout war-torn areas, dealt with people in extreme poverty, <clears throat> and his job was to teach people trauma release. Mm-hmm. And he would teach them, he would he I mean, this is I don't want to get too long in this story, but basically no, go ahead. He, he taught people <clears throat> to to mimic what animals in the wild do when they get attacked. so imagine even if it's just like imagine two birds fighting over a piece of fish and they're squabbling with each other ah the moment they the fight is over they they float it into their own directions and you'll see them literally shake like do this tremor where they get all all the the adrenaline out of their system And then next thing you know they're peacefully sailing along as if nothing happened, so he Mm -hmm. teaches people to get lodged trauma out of the body. This method of literally shaking your body, and he said, if you can do this next time you're in actual trauma you won't embed that trauma into your body and thus need 20 years of therapy to follow that. So even though it looks crazy, you look like you're just like a, a raving lunatic for about 20 seconds, Right. It better to have that 20 seconds of looking like a, a little bit of a wacko right. compared to 20 years of trauma and therapy. So literally his his head popped in my head and I'm kind of arguing with him like, but I don't want to look stupid. He's like, really, this guy's dog's just attacked you and you want to look good in front of him so I just, I literally went, you're right. So instead of saying, yeah, I'm fine, I just let myself feel what was there. And I literally started sobbing and I let myself shake and convulse, <laughs> just flail around for about, I don't know, 20, maybe 30 seconds, maybe less, but it was just like, a. <sighs> yeah get it out get it out well you know as you're saying this I gotta there's
0: two things that come up
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: first of all Taylor Swift has that song shake it off
1: shake it off
0: and as you're telling me this I'm like oh my God this is why she did that because she has been a bad relationship and she wanted to shake it off but what she's shaking off and what you're shaking off is that negative energy
1: exactly exactly so literally i get all that out of my system and the guy's really freaking out like oh my god oh my god and then i and then i'm like i'm okay like now i'm okay now you're so okay. then i literally jog back home back to our place at garden of the goddess my arm is bleeding yeah and like didn't he come out and like give you like a wrap he actually he did he wrapped yeah he, he did he got he, so i had a bandage and i'm holding my arm up and i'm like okay i'm good so i i'm back on the trail and literally I feel fine. Wow. I actually felt light. I didn't I felt like I was in my body, but I didn't it was it was so I see Dana and Dana my husband starts freaking out. And oh, I'm yeah. like I'm really okay, but right. we need to change our appointments today. Our friends we were going to have lunch with, Deborah and Matthew Mitchell, I I love. Um they ended up coming to ER with me to get a bunch of shots, rabies shots and all that stuff. And literally I ended up having the greatest day and there was an end the the icing on the cake is back home a couple months later I'm walking down the trail by my house and I cross paths with a woman with two bull mastiffs oh, yeah, off leash walking by me and it wasn't a, I smile I wave it wasn't until after I got past her that I thought <gasps> I didn't freak out yeah I I I don't have PTSD. I didn't look at those dogs and assume they were going to attack me. I just, so there's something to this shaking it off. So I ogled that and I can break down the ogle if you want, or maybe you can step in. (laughs) No, I mean, you
0: can. I mean, well, I think we did by saying you have to shake it off and why it's the energy of right. that trauma that sticks to you. And, and you kind of said it in the book. And I thought this was so interesting because I'm so into energy and it makes such sense. And, you know, once it's, if you shake it off and it doesn't get into your uh, muscle and your tissue, because that's what happens. And that's <sighs> when the dis-ease sets in because it gets in the energy, it gets in the muscle and the
1: tissues and that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's yeah really we just like sphincter lock <laughs> like <laughs> hold it in i'm fine i'm fine because our ego and thank god for our ego our ego isn't the enemy its job is to have us look good right. but excuse me i'd rather look bad for a minute and and then have 20 years of freedom and to be sure. able to walk down a path and see dogs that yeah. might have been gnarly, because sometimes it's when you, when you think they're going to bite you, that they actually somehow resonate with that. And you do get attacked. Sure. But, but that energy knock on wood. I, because of that shake it off thing that I got to put into practice, it's one thing to practice it when it's out of time. Like when I was in the workshop, Mm -hmm. we all practiced it based on past traumas and that was fine. But to actually practice it in the moment, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: that was miraculous to me. And I feel like that is a tool worth sharing. That was a tool worth writing the whole book about. And your first question was, how long does it take you to get through these traumas? Well, some of them took years, Yeah. but that was the one that was out at ASAP. That's interesting. I don't know why, but it's coming to my
0: mind. And I'm just going to ask you, why didn't the guy have the fence all the way to the bottom? had this happened know. to somebody he else? He promised that
1: he would build it. Exactly. Well, honestly, I mean, it was in a... We were in a very remote area and there's probably no, I mean, I was do- I was doing the jogging trail that I used to do when I lived there, but that had been years before. And right. since then, there had been some developments, but there's probably nobody likes to jog in New Mexico. I mean, that's not a... People jog yeah, everywhere in, in California, <laughs> but not in this part of New Mexico. So they're like, oh, we're fine. You're good.
0: Well, <laughs> the next story I'm going to ask you to tell is really... This really caught me because I would have... I love this story. This is a good one. Okay. And this took place. Let's see if I even wrote this down. I'm going to look. So this is Southern California. She's in Southern California. You There's a lot of
1: Southern California. Yeah. <laughs>
0: but this I could see happening. And this is so funny. You can't plug in here. Tell this story. Because this
1: is like, oh my gosh.
0: I was oh, laughing.
1: Oh my God. this I love this one. Okay. So I am on deadline for my first dream book, I had the strangest dream. And it was my first book deal with a big publisher and a big deadline that was ridiculous. It was like, how am I supposed to write this book period, but much less in this time that anyway, so I found that the only way I could really get my book done was to go to a coffee shop at home, there was too many distractions. I would get too sleepy. I would make a snack. Yeah. I (laughs) start doing the laundry. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Oh, I need to clean out the, I really need to clean out the fireplace. Yeah. It's really bugging me. Even though it's summertime, I Mm -hmm. need to clean out that fireplace. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh my God. My house was never so clean as when I was doing the this deadline. Anyway, so I'm working away i'm i'm happy i'm like churning out the pages at the coffee shop going there every day like clockwork and it's lovely it was one of those it was a brand name coffee shop who that i won't mention (laughs) but it was you know typical anyway i'm kind of sitting in my normal spot i've got my scone i've got my coffee plugging away earbuds in and the barista comes up and says excuse me ma'am and i'm like oh Hi, yeah, what and he's like breaking me out of my trance. It's like you can't plug your laptop in here. And I laugh at him. I'm like, uh, that's like the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Yeah, you are in, a coffee, me in a coffee shop. Everybody yeah. here has a laptop and they're plugged in. He said, Yeah, but you just you can't. You can use your laptop, but you just can't plug in here. And I had an old laptop that had to be plugged in. I there was no battery power available, so I'm like, there's yeah. no other place to 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 go and i said this is this doesn't make any sense can i talk to your manager and he's like i am the manager this little twerp with like green mohawk and piercings all over so i noticed myself getting so pissed off because not only did he wreck my train of thought and that's going to cost me time and every minute is precious when i'm on this deadline but it's so rude and i also He's kicking you out. He's kicking me out, and I tell him, I'm I'm like wanting to say, dude, don't you know I'm the kind of person that's worked really hard to be the kind of person that nobody ever kicks out. I mean, people are always begging me to stay longer. You're you're like kicking me out. Like what? And am I in the twilight zone? So I was literally. It took every bit of willpower in me to not go postal on this yeah day. I'm surprised so, you didn't I'm honestly I mean, it's yeah, hard it's really
0: hard not to just <laughs> let them have it isn't it it's hard it's harder it's harder to be quiet and smile and say okay than it is to say something nasty
1: I just want well, people I to gave know them a that look I gave I him you- a look I'm like okay yeah this is the last time you'll see me here I was definitely I gave him attitude for sure Packed up my stuff very loudly, slammed oh the door gosh. behind me, like, you'll be sorry. <laughs> Get in my car. I'm driving home and I'm thinking, this is insane. How is this possible? And then I always have these little thought bubbles. So Carolyn Mace pops up in my head. And I had heard Carolyn Mace say that when it's bizarre, it's the hand of God. Yeah. So I'm like, well, this is bizarre. Maybe this is the hand of God, but come on! If it is, pfft, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. So I get I get home, and I'm all pouty and like huffing and puffing, and I decide to check my mail on my way up, and I notice that there are five brightly colored postcards. It, like not one, not two, not three, but five brightly colored. Postcards, and I look at. And normally, I would just throw it away if there yeah. had just been a f- one or two, but five. Like, what is this? And I read this beautiful postcard, and it says, "The new coffee shop on the blog just it. The address was like just around the corner from my house. Beautiful. Present this postcard and get your first coffee and pastry on us." I'm like, oh. I got chills. I'm like, oh well. Instead of going back home and pouting and making my husband's life miserable, maybe I'll just get back in my car and see if I can find this place and see what gives. So I literally pull into the parking lot and it was kind of like with the soundtrack of Chariots of Fire. (laughs) (laughs) I start walking in and I don't know why, but the two owners that I would find out later were the owners, Randy and Gary, come walking out. And they're like, there she is. I'm like, what? They hug me i'm like what there it was like wait so they they bring me in and they're like this is our brand new place it just opened i might have been their first customer i don't know (laughs) (laughs) but they they give me a tour and they say this is the place this is the best place to plug in your laptop this is where the feng shui lady said all the best vortexes are are you just dying are you you like seriously god really I, i I'm freaking out. They bring me the free, the most delicious coffee with the most delicious scone. And they're like, what are you writing? And I tell them I'm writing a book about dreams. They're like, oh, we both love dreams. Oh, my God, you'll have to do workshops here. So I started to do workshops there. Oh my God. I, I end up getting my book done and they end up throwing me the book launch party at this beautiful place, chocolate fondue, like, like I mean, like it, it was out of a movie Technicolor. And I literally thought if I, it's like the universe was kicking me out of this kind of boring run of the mill, regular old coffee shop that I was attached to versus this uh, incredible place that was a thousand times better with so much love and so much support, so much nurturing that was just around the corner, but I would have missed it. So when we get kicked out of some place like it's for a a door a window is opening somewhere else that might lead to a incredibly different place so i got to plug in to a whole new possibility and i'll never forget that every time there's anything that bumps up against that i'm like oh, remember wow. randy and gary okay did you ever tell them the story did you tell them no because in the sequence of my life i turned in the book we had the party and i we ended up moving to new mexico so oh there's a timeline here. Yeah. And then by the time we came back, we moved back to Topanga. And when I finally went back looking for them, the place had shut down. Oh, so, it was like, gone. so it's almost like, did it only exist for me? And oh, I, I love, love it. Put that up just <laughs> for me. I don't know.
0: <laughs> well, and I just want to talk about this for a second before we move on. I picked out a few stories and we got a couple more to tell. And I want to see if there's a favorite one that you want to say. But, you mm. know, what you're talking about is true. And I don't know, I'm just going to say this. I hate to always age myself, but as I've gotten older, I've started to pay attention just like you're talking about in the book. And you do start to see the blessing in each thing that happens. You know, you're just like, I can't believe this is happening. It's like me moving. I'll, I'll give this this as an example. Yes. I wanted to move and I'm like, I'm going to go to Florida or I'm going to go here. Uh And I'm going to go there and I'm looking at all these different places and I put my house on the market and it just won't sell. And I'm like, well, what the heck? Why won't it sell? It's a beautiful house. It's priced well. Why is it not selling? And to make a long story short, the market's been really weird. You know, prices have been mm. jacked up, rental prices have been jacked up, but I was getting really nervous because I wanted to sell before, you know, the market really went down because I know things are changing, but long story short. I ended up in the place I am now, and there were nothing. There was nothing available. And I got here, and I booked an Airbnb, and I called the lady. And she's like, oh, this girl's moving out of this house. Come and look and see if you like it. I decided I was going to rent, not buy yet, and to see if I like the area. It's the coolest house ever. It is wow. everything I would have ever wanted. If I would have tried to do this earlier, it wouldn't have been here that's what I'm trying to say it wouldn't Mm -hmm. have been here like it wasn't time like it wasn't ready and we get so frustrated like why isn't it happening or why isn't this going the way and it's all because it's just like the coffee shop God wanted something better for you
1: exactly God wanted something better better,
0: right for me (laughs) and it's like I can't even tell you I'm not even gonna go into (laughs) it but I just ended up at the coolest place ever and I won't go on and on, but, but you start to realize, you start to say, Oh, okay, now I see why I sat there and why did
1: I drama? God knew better. <laughs> exactly. But I think about this story when when people will share with me stories about like, oh, why didn't he call? Right. Or, why didn't I get that job? And I think-
0: Because you weren't supposed not, to. Because
1: you're not supposed to plug in there. Yeah. It's like you're supposed to, well, plug into source. And often, right. you know, just using that metaphor, we and another Carolyn Mace thing, she talks about how human beings were addicted to things and were addicted to giving our power away. In other words, from my perspective, we're addicted to plugging in our energy into external sources, whether it be a person a circumstance or, or even like a a vision of it, like where we're going to live. When I live there, it's going to be so blah, blah, blah. And so we plug in our life force to this external place. Yeah. And, and then we wonder why we feel drained because we've plugged into something external and it doesn't mean we can't have dreams or, or visions or desires. Of course, I'm a big dreamer. I'm Dr. Dream for God's Mm -hmm. sakes, (laughs) but but, I ha- but I'm constantly having to unplug from the mm-hmm. external source, even being on this book launch, on this book t- virtual book tour, mm-hmm. and a little bit of a, pre- you know, there's, there's expectations, and there's, I mean, there's so many good things happening. But if I plug in and have, like, it has to be like this, and it has to go mm-hmm. down this road, then I will be, even in the midst of great abundance and great joy and great things happening, I could make myself miserable by plugging in, To anything external. So it's my personal practice to unplug from the external sources and plug into the main source, the motherboard that doesn't ever do me wrong. It's always available. And then see where I'm led to go and trust that it might be strange. If it's bizarre, it's probably the hand of God. In fact, I would say it it is the hand of God. I love it. Though go with it. I love it. It's true. It's true. And you know, as you're talking, and, and we got a couple more
0: stories I want to talk about, but I just want to say, it's not easy to let go and let the universe handle stuff for you. No, I'm totally at that place where I'm like, you know, I'm such a control freak. I think you are too. When you're a type A personality, you're a control freak and you just want to control everything. And one of the biggest lessons actually I'm in it right now. It's just Ooh. letting. oh yeah, it's just letting go. Well, it's because, you know, I learned that from the house. That's what it taught me. It taught me to let go and let God, you know, everybody Mm. says it, everybody hears it, but you don't do it. And then it was like, oh, because when you let go, just like you said, then the universe provides way more than you could have ever imagined. But if you're like beelined, you know, onto this one thing, yeah,
1: it doesn't work. Okay. Yeah. It's amazing. It's cool. we like to be smart we like to think we're in control i like to think i'm smart i like to think i'm in control but it's it's just an amazing thing to to just say okay god or universe you drive i'll be the co-pilot or what i like better is even you lead the dance, and my job is to become the best dance partner I can be. There you so go. I'm still participating. I'm still active. A good dance partner isn't a limp noodle. It's just like, <laughs> you know, it's like there's, so yeah, that's that's the right relationship with the universe. I
0: love that. I love that. Okay, so the next story I was hoping you would share with us, this is about um, clarity. And this happened Ooh. in Southern California, and this young lady's name is Claire. Mm -hmm. And I, um, I'll just let you tell the story.
1: So the long story short about Claire is she came to me because her, her aunt was my client for spiritual counseling and dream work and things like that. Um, and Claire was her niece and she was she was always talking about this amazing niece that she had. And I thought, everybody thinks their niece is cool. <laughs> Whatever I did. Yeah. <laughs> wah, 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 wah. But one day she said, I'm giving Claire a session with you because she's been having this series of incredible dreams. And so Claire comes to my house and I live in the canyon. I live up a flight of 50 stairs. And had I realized, had I really been paying attention, she had cystic fibrosis since she was a baby. She was given like a week to live at birth. And it was a miracle that she was even, that she even made it that far. So every few months they would say she's got a few more months to live. And so she's been more than half her life was spent in the hospital. She's had so many surgeries. And so I would have never, I mean, this, poor little 15-year-old girl is schlepping an oxygen tank up my 50 steps. I'm like, oh my God, what are you doing? Ah, What have I done? But she bounds into my house with so much joy. She's like, oh my God, I have to live here with you. This is amazing. I love tree houses. And she was just like any other 15-year-old girl with just so much joy, so much. She she reminded me of Angelina Jolie meets Anne Hathaway. Like just, <laughs> like a princess, like just so Aww. beautiful and so full of life and teeny, tiny, teeny. And with this like, just intelligence. Anyway, so we go up even higher up on my deck overlooking the mountains and she, oh, anyway she tells me about this series of dreams that she's had and yes talk about the basic this. idea is in her dream she she finds this like jack and the beanstalk kind of this this it, like a beanstalk and she climbs up it and she gets up to what i would call heaven but she calls it what did she call it she called it um I, the cosmos she called it the cosmos okay yes yes and she And as soon as she gets up there, she drops her oxygen tank because she doesn't need it. And she starts doing cartwheels and backflips, things that she hasn't ever been able to do because she's always been strapped to an oxygen tank and she said that all of a sudden she's free and while she's up there it's so beautiful it's like cotton candy clouds and all these cool people and she's like it is the most amazing place oh my god i want everybody to come here it's so cool (laughs) and then she starts getting all these downloads about the meaning of life and the answers to every question in fact she asks well why do i have this disease and she gets this immediate answer because she had always made up the story that it was something. She had been bad. She was bad. And there was something wrong with her. And this disease was like an emanation of like, what was wrong with her? What was bad? But the, what the answer she got was because you've lived such a good life. And because you've had such good karma, you get to have a short life in this, in this time. You don't have to grow old. Like so many other people do. You get to come in and have a great time and then go out. And so she felt like, like that changed her. and then she no. was given this literally like an invitation that said you have been chosen to be a bridge angel and she starts freaking out like oh my god that's so cool oh wait what's a bridge angel <laughs> 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 and she's given this so next thing she knows she's she's in her dream but she's in she's at the bedside of a woman who's dying an old lady who's dying
0: mm-hmm. and
1: her family's around and they're weeping and claire the family can't see her but the old lady can and she she grabs the hand of the old lady and says you gotta come with me i'm gonna show you you are gonna love it and the lady's like no 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 no. i want to be here with my family i can't leave them i can't leave them she goes trust me they're going to be fine and you got to see this place so she she knows she has to be enticing right and finally the lady says okay well i'll come check it out so she walks hand in hand mm-hmm. with her and she leads her to the cosmos and the woman goes oh oh my god and she runs back and gives claire a big hug and thanks her and thanks her and then she moves on into the light and then she does this over and over with all these people that night and then she says every time she sleeps, she is a bridge angel. She's sitting at the bedside of somebody who's dying and she does the same thing like, come with me. Oh my God, you got to see this place. And they fight with her, but she eventually entices them and they go, except for one guy. She says, one guy absolutely wouldn't go with her. And she found out later that it was the big faux pas of her career as a bridge angel because he got lost. And nobody knew where to find him. So uh-huh. she realized that she had to up her game and not let anybody go because people are always attached. and she had to like get them to go see this amazing place. So she I said, okay, uh, I'm not going to interpret this dream. I don't think this dream needs any interpretation right This is just right. a miracle. And yeah, so like this is kind of maybe this is literally what you're doing. When, well, she's opening and, the
0: door to another
1: world for people is what she's doing. Like you're, li- yeah, literally a bridge angel. And will you be yeah. mine when it's my time to go? Will you, can I sign up? Can I have you? And she's like, yes, <laughs> for sure. I'm like, okay, promise, promise. Um, If I go after you, whatever. Anyway. <laughs> So we, she was, she would draw pictures. She was a really beautiful artist and she drew a lot of pictures and paintings of what it looked like up there. And so she would show her little sister, Ellie, this is where I'll be when you need me, just think about me. And so it would, it gave her family a little bit of comfort that Claire was developing this relationship to the afterlife and, and that she would be there. I mean, so there was strange comfort in these these dreams so i she called me her spiritual coach and it was an honor she ended up becoming this great youtuber she's got a youtube channel with i don't know millions of views and they were and youtube um did a documentary about her oh my god clarity and there was also there was a movie called five feet apart that was inspired by her um that isn't exactly her story but she was the consultant on that movie the main character i'm writing is it down on claire yeah five feet apart. It's, it was a huge huge success wow. movie directed wow. by justin baldoni anyway so cut to um a few years ago right before covid um or was it right as covid i think it was right before covid she her lungs were were getting weaker and weaker and she went in for a transplant, which people wanted her to do before, but there's so many instances where the transplant isn't a good idea because the body rejects it right. now how old was she when she came to at see you? This she was point like she was fifteen. okay. And at the point where she eventually passed at she was twenty twenty two. 21 or 22. So she she lived a long time. Wow. And she got to travel. She did two TEDx talks. She got paid to speak at these big corporations. They would hire her to be on the stage. She was this became a motivational speaker. Like she got to live so many dreams and got to and really her message. I mean, she'd walk her little oxygen tank onto the stage. And and everyone would just be like, oh, and she'd say, "Breathe." And she was so funny about it. Ellen DeGeneres had her on the show, and Doctor oh gosh. and they, because she was so inspiring. One of her my favorite Claire YouTube videos is the top ten things, um, you sh- the top ten things I learned from being in the hospital, and it's basically oh all yeah sneaky I read tricks this. like if you're in the hospital, you gotta. Like these are all the things you can do to make yourself like dim the lights, bring in your own lights, bring in your own carpet. What's up with these hard floors? Like she just she would like decorate her would bring in plants, tapestries, mood lighting, music, <laughs> and there's like a whole wing of the I think it's the Long Beach Children's Hospital that is wow. dedicated to her and the the foundation. So I give a percentage of my proceeds of the book to to the Claire's Place Foundation that raises money and tools and awareness for families that are dealing with um, people that have CF, cystic fibrosis. Mm-hmm. So it's, I'm. That's I'm a wonderful story.
0: That is a phenomenal story. And it's just wonderful to hear because it we do have a wonderful place to go. And what yeah. we do down here really matters, you guys. What we do matters, and and I just think that's beautiful. Uh, weren't you lucky to meet her and spend time oh, with
1: her? Are you kidding? I, I just
0: think that's really
1: cool. Actually. Some people know who she is. I mean, she was a celebrity magnet. There was oh, so many people, and they're like, "You knew Claire? <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> Everybody. Oh my God, Ricky Lake. I mean, there's just like a, just a ton of celebrities that are like Claire fans." Because because she's so inspiring. That's Still interesting.
0: Is. That's interesting. Well, we have, God, we've been on for a while, but we have time for one more story. And I wanted you to talk
1: about, unless there's one that you want to talk about. Is there one that you want to tell? Well, I'll just give. Let me just give a little, a little context. I'll back up and see. But yeah, the, why don't the, you? the book? Yeah, the book is really. It's a series of my most unfortunate incidents, things, situations that happened to me that were what I would consider I would put, I had put in my shame closet, things that were, or just the tragic tragic closet where it's like, I want to be happy. I want to have a good life. So I just don't want to look at these things. So I noticed that my closet was getting rather full and bulging at the corners. And I decided to unpack all of these stories that felt so heavy and dark to me and unravel them and pull the gold out of them using my OGLE method. And O-G-L-E stands for giving yourself permission to vent about what's offensive about what happened and then what could be good or what might be good Mm -hmm. about the situation. And then Mm -hmm. the L is for looking glass. How is this an aspect of myself? And then the E is for elevate. How will I, up my game. So that's, I do that with each story. So it's not just stories about me, but it's also a formula that people can use, um, to better themselves. So I, so maybe we will talk about that. I don't know, which one do you want? We can do well, the, the whale. There, okay. Yeah. To.
0: There's one more story I wanted to talk about. And yeah, it's somebody who was really close to you and, um, it's from Northern California, um, uh, mm-hmm. gypsy. Yeah, she speaks well. Tell this yeah. story, and then we'll get out of here.
1: Sure. So the the nutshell of the story is: Gypsy was my best friend's sister for twenty plus, maybe almost thirty years. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah. thirty years, over thirty years. Wow. And um, in the story, I tell kind of our origin story, which is pretty intense. Um, she had lost a two year old daughter. And I met her a couple, I met her just a couple of days after her daughter died. So we bonded mm-hmm. so deeply like this, one of those bonds that you have with people. That's like, I'll be your forever person.
0: Mm-hmm. Like
1: no matter what we're, we're bonded, we're forged together. And so we, we had, hey, you met her in 93. <laughs> well, <laughs> oh, no, yeah. I think
0: that's cool. Can I say where you met her? Is that Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you met her in an AA meeting.
1: Met in an AA meeting, yeah. I was newly on my spiritual path and I was in AA for eight years, starting then. I was brand new. I was probably just a few, I don't know, maybe a few days Well, sober. this is a cool part of the story, to be honest with you. Okay, okay, that's cool. All... Tell so the it. The sponsor that I had at the time part of her, she was one of those really, if anybody is familiar with 12 steps and with AA, there can be some salty um, sponsors that are just like, (laughs) do this, just do it, don't, I don't wanna hear anything. She was one of those and she had a lot of (laughs) sponsees and everybody acknowledged that their sobriety came from being bullied by this person. (laughs) So I was like, I'll sign up for her. I'm used to bullies, I'll, I'll let that. So she was like, you sit in the front row. Oh my gosh. You give, write out your phone number, your name and phone number on 10 slips of paper. You give it to 10 other women that have less time than you. For me, I was only like a week, maybe two weeks in. <laughs> so I'm like, there's not going to be anybody. So look for any newcomers, give them your phone number, be of service, pick up the cigarette butts, a volunteer. Do. And I'm like, oh, just a humble little puppy. Because I had been just, that's a whole other story. What right, led to this. right. But well, I got gotcha. you. So, so I'm sitting there, hadn't given any phone numbers out to anybody. I was used to in my former life, giving those phone numbers to guys. But in this situation, it was like only the women, none of the guys are like, what if they're cute? No, um, guys. Oh, my gosh.
0: This is a crazy story. Okay. So
1: they, they have a moment in the meeting where they, they ask if there's anybody here for the first time and they stand up and I turned around and there was this woman city, sitting behind me and just had, I mean, it's interesting. Her eyes are like the color of your eyes, Nancy, just those like ocean blue, big saucer (laughs) eyes. And it's like, I could swim in those eyes. They were so big and they were so sad. And Uh, her and her then husband stood up behind me and I handed her my phone number. And we talked after the meeting and she told me why she was there. Her daughter had just died. And she had started just, she had uh, never been a drinker before, but she hadn't been able to stop drinking she'd been just trying to ease her pain with the bottle and so I and it was um um,
0: sudden infant death syndrome mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. she was she had SIDS (laughs)
1: yeah yeah it was just the most awful thing which you couldn't yeah yeah she and her husband were both just completely demolished and um so she ended up calling me the next day and asking me if I was going to go to a meeting I said yeah so we ended up just going to meetings with each other. And I would pick her up. She would pick me up. That's cool. And after the meetings, we would drive around in her blue Camaro. Oh my gosh. The the Dolphin Mobile. (laughs) And we would play. And she was a musician. She was a singer, songwriter. And the only thing that would bring her out of her Depression was music. So she mm. would play music and and I was, and I'm not much of a singer, but she thought I was okay. Yeah, because you guys because started, like
0: you start we singing. singing.
1: We started singing together. We started writing songs together. And yeah, literally, it was like we both together catapulted out of this heavy depressive state. It was like creativity was the medicine and our friendship. We would go to Marianne Williamson meetings, we would go to um, Agape, we were just sandwiched in 12-step recovery, Agape, Marianne, music, and we were like getting good, like this. So this was the foundation of our relationship. There was a point where I was like, "Okay, I'm really not good at this." So she kept going. She just she kept performing, and she wrote. But you performed. Songs. I have to say, you guys oh, sang we, sang before Marianne Williamson spoke one
0: time. I think yeah. this is so cool. We did. I, I mean,
1: was... <laughs> that's great. Yeah. I mean, yeah. what a cool thing to say. Yeah, that was that. She was amazing. Anyway, there was so her, her she she had two more daughters, has two more daughters that yeah. became my goddaughters. Oh wow! And they're beautiful, and they look just like her. In fact, one of her daughters just dyed her hair black, so she looks just like Gypsy. Um, and so she, Gypsy, was a serial monogamist. She had been married. F- five times <laughs> so her, her fifth marriage was, was beautiful. And um, let's see the, the long story short is she started to get sick and. Mm-hmm. Um, so it turned out she had cancer of the tongue and she liked to smoke and mm-hmm. we never exactly said that that was why, but she smoked a lot. And, um, it was right after, so she had the the wedding of her dreams and, and her cancer, just, she was doing every single thing a person could do, but it, nothing was working. And finally, they were going to have to just remove it from her tongue, which meant she wouldn't be able to sing. She wouldn't be able to, she wouldn't be able to smoke. She wouldn't be able to, she loved to drink. She loved to do, she was naughty. She was like, love to drink and smoke and kiss and and food and all of those things were taken away from her but they did this um and in the process of it they she had a she had um whale tattoos on her wrist and they removed the whales off her wrist off her left wrist because they needed to take the vein from her left um her left forearm to to replace it in her tongue to do like this skin grab or this I don't even know how they do it. But I said, why did they have to take your whales off? Her whales were her spirit animal. Like, oh my God, they're taking everything from you. But I realized later that they grafted the whales onto her tongue. So she literally had tattoos of like a whale on her tongue. I'm like, okay, so something is taken from you, but it's like, now you get to speak whale because she really could never speak again. Oh my gosh. But she would make sounds. I mean, she could type, she could text. That was how she communicated. But Kelly, I mean, crazy, right? Crazy. But like, Oh, like making sounds like a whale. Like, and so, so she finally passed and it was, it was awful and so sad and so brutal 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 and um i came back and that's a, that's a whole other story just in the the details of all that but i come home from northern california and i'm it's the day after gypsy passed and i'm on my porch trying to like do some journaling i pull an oracle card out of my hero's journey deck and it's the and oh and I, and I say, Gypsy, I just need to know where you are.
0: Mm-hmm. I just need to
1: know, like, give me a sign. Like, you you have to communicate with me. Right. I need to, like, talk to me. So I shuffle the deck, pull a random card, and the card I pull is the whale card. Oh, my gosh. The And it's a whale of a time. She's having a whale of a time. <laughs> yeah. And it's all about connecting with the oceanic part of ourselves the part of us that is that are that is quite that can that can speak the language of the depths that is i mean it was exactly the gypsy card and i had written that card years before never associated that with her but it was exactly what i needed exactly the message that i needed and and basically the the essence of it was your charge is to enlarge. Like for every difficulty, the, there's a mantra for every card, and um, it's like for every difficulty, you must become the ocean that surrounds it. Instead of being thinking of yourself as tiny, your charge is to enlarge, to become as big as the whale. To know that everything you're going through is is tiny compared to your spiritual essence. And I love so, it. That's beautiful. But, what yeah, a what
0: a great way there. to end this show today. Thank you, Kelly. You guys, thank the book, you, Nancy. yeah, she cried on this one. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh I just felt, I felt like we should talk about this. You guys, it's Kelly Sullivan Weldon. The book is a crisis, is a terrible thing to waste. It's really phenomenal. You guys got to pick this one up. Kelly, thanks for coming on the show.
1: Thank you, Nancy. Thanks for letting me be on the high road to humanity with you. And thank you for, for having me the ears to hear and the the heart to be able to behold these stories and yes. see them in a sacred way. Thank you
0: so I much. I do. God bless. All right, you guys, we're gonna get out of here for today. Hey, I'm doing a series. I'm teaching people how to use their psychic abilities. So check it out on YouTube. And you can go to my website also to find them, um, Nancyyrout.com. Um, today Kelly Sullivan Walden and Nancy Euralt wish you A wonderful week and thanks for joining us and God bless.